Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. Look, you already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they are delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Download the Total Beverage app and use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your next order of $50 or more. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one on two. And Jost. McKinnon. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. And welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast on a Thursday, February 21st, is it? 22nd, 21st, whatever it is. I'm your host, Adrian Dater, coming to you live from Bender's Bar and Grill today. Going to do a solo podcast from Bender's. You know the Bender's Bar and Grill, the best hockey bar in all of Metro Denver. Two locations, the biggest one in Westminster. Westminster Promenade area, right across from the Weston Hotel. Two huge hockey rinks here. I'm overlooking one. I'm also hanging out at Bender's Bar and Grill here, watching people file in for the nightly show here. Got about, I would say about, ooh, 20 flat screen TVs in this establishment, run by my good friend, former longtime colleague, Jim Armstrong, who has turned this into the very best hockey bar in Denver. Six original six jerseys, as opposed to seven original six jerseys, right? Yeah, all six original jerseys of all the teams hanging over the bar. Fantastic food. Poutine on the menu. Come on out to Bender's Bar and Grill. Tell them Adrian sent you. We, uh, I'm coming to you live today to just talk about the Avalanche today. Uh, I want to talk sort of freelance style don't have a specific agenda on the show today so so bear with me but i've got a couple things i want to touch on this is four days before the trade deadline first of all and jesse montano aj hayfley have done their trade deadline shows uh but i'm going to chime in with my opinion on what the abs may or may not do just give you my takes on stuff too and uh give you what i think will happen now i don't know for sure what will happen but i think i think i've got some some little bit more developing news today on things that that i think uh, people have been wondering about i'm going to start off the show talking about whether you know the question of nikita zadorov whether he would go or not at the deadline whether maybe there's you know some possible friction between him and the team we know they've had some contract issues before He's going to have a new contract come up this summer. Um, 2.125, I believe, is his salary this year. Uh, you know, a lot of people think he could be worth as much as $4 million on an open market. You know, he's not an unrestricted free agent, but, you know, even in an RFA market, a lot of people think he could be worth something like that. Um, and I think his agent's going to be pondering an ask closer to that number than than 2.125 that's for sure so there's a lot of speculation whether the Avs might want to move him to uh, get something for him now as opposed to fighting it out with him over the another contract Um, you know sometimes his play has not always been the best but uh, I think what I've learned over the past hour or so is that I think a trade for Nikita Zadorov is looking very unlikely. Uh, a couple things have changed things. 
number one, Nikita's play has been very good, I think, of late. Uh, no more so than last night's game against the Winnipeg Jets. The Avalanche crushed the Jets 7-1, to one, puts them back into the playoff picture. Second wild card they hold right now, entering tonight. Now, that, <laughs> that, could, that could bounce back and forth here, folks, uh, depending on nights that they have off and other teams play. Only one or two points separate them from the teams behind them. Uh, so, you know, Minnesota Wild could jump right back ahead of them with a win. So a uh, lot, lot of hockey to be played. But, uh, you know, the fact that the Avs got themselves back into playoff hunt here is, is a factor. And I think that, the you know, the Avs are going to decide not to, to be a seller necessarily. That doesn't mean they won't trade a guy or two. But as far as like a serious sell-off or anything like that, um, and trying to get you bigger assets right now as opposed to, you know, later, um, I think uh, I think that's been changed just by the fact of two wins puts them back in. Now, I've said all along that I think that you know what I, I have said all along. I think this what what will happen on the deadline will be dictated by the record right up until you know the very last day. Um, they're going to play fr- games Friday and Saturday, Chicago and Nashville on the road. We're going to get into more of that, but uh, you know. Even if they lost both those games, they'll still be, you know, let's say they lose both and they fall as much as three points back in a wild card spot fight. That's still contention. And there'll still be, you know, 19, 18, 19 games to go after that. So I think that's enough for them to think, all right, we're not going to. You're not going to be a major seller here. We're still going to take our chances on getting into the playoffs, and anything can happen after that. So Nikita Zadorov, I believe, is going to stay. Uh, the uh, other factor that's happened a little bit, influences this a little bit, is you know the Ian Cole injury, broken orbital bone, uh, left eye in that fight with Tom Wilson of Washington. Uh, from what I hear, it's not a concussion. It's just a broken orbital bone. And it's got a heel. It takes a little. It takes a while to heal. Uh, he's still got a good shiner on the eye. I saw him last night. Uh, he's in good spirits, but he's unable to play now. I, I know that you know you can play with a big time shield on a broken eye, uh, orbital bone, but it's still a risky thing. You've got to let that bone heal. Uh, I don't know exactly how long he's supposed to be out right now. The team won't say, but uh, you know he's still out. And the fact that he's hurt gives more of a need to play a guy like Zadorov. Um, you know, the fact is they need him in the lineup. And, uh, you know, if, if they just deal him off for a draft pick or something, you know, that that's a big loss on their defensive uh, rotation. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of throws up a white flag, I think, a little bit on this, this season. I think if they dealt him for a pick, let's say, um, you know, I think that's a thing they don't want to have happen. They want to... They want to take. They still want to, the goal is to make the playoffs for this team. I mean, they know they're not prime cup contenders still, but the goal is to make the playoffs, and they're going to, you know, fight like hell to do it. They, they've uh, played a lot better the last two games, and Big Z has been part of that. Now he, he was, uh, you know, an old school factor in the game last night. I thought. I thought that the fight they had with Lowry and later with Shifley. Um, I think it helped the team because I think the the Avs were getting pushed around a little bit in that game um, by guys like Tyler Myers and Shifley and uh, Lowry himself and Brendan Lemieux and and uh, you know I think the Jets felt like they could just push him around and then in comes Big Z to put put a stop to that with not only a Z smash or two but then he drops the gloves with Lowry. And, uh, gave him a few noogies on the back of the head and then uh, didn't really have a fight per se with Shifley, but he roughed him up a bit, uh, threw him down on the ice. And uh, I think that helped the team because it changed the momentum physically in the game. I didn't. I don't think you saw Winnipeg take as many liberties with the Avs after that. Uh, despite the fact that they were down 5-6-7-1, you know, things could have gotten really out of hand, but I think they, they knew that Big Z was waiting for them if they tried anything more. And and Z has shown no hesitancy whatsoever, as we've seen over the last couple of three years, to hit other teams' best guys. You know, he laid out Mark Shifley a couple of years ago with a devastating hit that, you know, used to be a featured part of our intro to this podcast. So uh, he has no no problem doing that. And I think, you know, they didn't want to see 
Big Z lay a big hit on Patrick Liney or somebody like that. Uh, you know, at the end of the game last night, and Big Z, I know, would have done it. So, so you know, um, Z's Corsi and analytics don't always aren't always the favorite of all the analytics set. But you know, I talked to a scout last night too, and, and I asked him about Z. This guy's been a scout for a long time, really knows hockey very well. Uh, I'm not going to give his name, of course, but uh, he he said, look, you know, Big Z does make some poor decisions with the puck sometimes no question about it but he said that he has a quote presence about him that makes he thinks makes a difference in games and specifically the one last night um you know we talked about that how he thought he helped change the momentum of that game some and uh and i think you know the abs realized that they don't have a big team as it is even with z if they trade z off for you know a pick there goes a 6-6, you know, 235-pound defenseman who plays with a mean streak who, uh, you know, is 23 years old and it has 249 games of NHL experience. So uh, I've thought all along it's a big – you better make sure on a day like that. You don't just deal him off for, let's say, a third-round pick or something stupid like that. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's always been um, – you know, a very risky proposition to me because, you know, he may not be the, he's never going to be the greatest puck decision maker probably ever. He's not the speediest skater ever in the world. He's, he does not move his feet at times. He does make, he does take some bad penalties at times, even though he's penalized for his size, but he brings some intangibles to the, to the game that are still important in this league, I believe. And that is, you know, a, a size quotient, a, a meanness quotient, uh, a physical quotient that that is important in the game of hockey. And no matter what any of the analytics people want to think, it is. Uh, it's not as important as it used to be, probably. You don't need fighters in the game anymore. But, you know, uh, he's, he's not a fighter. He's a physical defenseman who will give pause to opponents to going around giving cross checks to the back of the head like like some dudes were doing for the Jets last night. And uh, Z came in and put a stop to it. He, he went in and targeted Mark Scheifele after that and, and you know, went after their best player to uh, to put an end to that. And uh, you did see things calm down, and there's a value in that. So what I've been told is that uh, it's a very unlikely thing that Z gets dealt uh, before the deadline. Now... This summer, I have no idea what will happen. Uh, I think a lot depends on these last 20 games. You know, if the Avs tank going down the stretch, miss the playoffs. If Z is not very good, in the and they miss the playoffs, then that hurts Z's you know market position for sure. And I think it ups the odds that he could be dealt for more of a quote-unquote hockey trade this summer. That's when you see more of your player for player. You know, transactions happen because teams have a lot more time to think about their budgets, and they've got more time to just make make sense of what they direction they want to go, what kind of guys they want, uh, etc. So you see those you know those player for player deals happen, and then usually they have matching salaries or close to it. Those kind of deals. You don't always get that at the deadline because everybody's trying to play for now, and you see a lot of just rentals. Uh, trades for draft picks and and um, or prospects. That's that's the trade deadline deal usually. So, you know, the Avs certainly are not going to be dealing off any prospects, top top uh, picks, and uh, I really don't think they want to deal a 23 year old, six six two thirty five pound defenseman who they, you know, frankly, you know, let's not forget they gave up a lot to get him along with JT Confer and AJ uh, AJ Greer. They, uh, they gave up a lot to get Big Z, and, uh, you know, they know that, and they don't want to just give them away. When Why should they? So so I think Big Z stays. I think that's something we can take off our uh, worry meter for uh, for Monday's deadline. Um, now, to, could, could something weird happen still? Yeah, of course, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Z stays. Uh, and uh, and I think that's good. You know, I think the I think there was some friction earlier in the year. You know, I know Z is not happy being benched by Bednar earlier in the year as a healthy scratch. He uh, you know he made it he made it known he wasn't happy about it. And uh, 
Yeah, there were some there were some tough feelings there, I think, for a while. But uh, I think that uh, I think that the feelings have soothed somewhat. Uh, I think the Avs are more, you know, cognizant of what Z really brings and what role he brings, and not they're not expecting him to be, you know, uh, Scott Niedermeyer out there or anything. He just uh, he's a big physical defenseman who's going to make the odd error or two, but he's going to he's going to hit hard and he's. It brings an element of the game that's hard to, you know, for other people just can't bring. And uh, he's he's also a, a leadership kind of guy. He's always, I've always thought he's a very you know vocal guy who's uh, you know good in the room and guys like him. He's uh, he's a funny guy. He's a humorous guy. He's got a lot of intelligence I think to him. And uh, you know I think he's going to do well for himself. I mean, if he wants four or five million dollars a year on his next deal. Um, yeah, I guess it's going to be... He better have a great last 20 games is probably what I would say there. I mean, he has to have a better... He has to have a great 20 last 20 games and hopefully an even better playoff. Uh, that could put him in the 4 to $5 million range. Um, five is probably asking a little too much, but I can see him getting $4 million from from teams, you know. Uh, um, he's not going to get a free agent offer because he's RFA, but, you know, my point remains, I think a lot of teams would value him at that money if they could so but the avalanche may not and you know they've got connor timmons hopefully knock on wood coming uh, still got the orange jersey on when that thing comes off still anybody's guess i guess buddy uh, it seems like it's on the track right track <clears throat> um and you know of course they've got kyle mccarr coming they've uh you know that's that's two defensemen i that should be on the roster next year or <laughs> it's possible they could still be there come playoff time this year. So uh, unlikely probably, but it could happen. Uh, so, you know, a couple new three guys come in. Z, you know, that makes him a little more, you know, having to fight for a roster spot himself. Uh, you know, Ian Cole signed long term. Uh, guys like that are still going to have roster spots, you know. Uh, Barry's got another year after this. Eric Johnson's got five years or whatever he's got. Um, you know, so um, Sam Gerard's going to be signed long-term, I assume. His deal is up, by the way, or is it? I can't remember. I shouldn't say that. Actually, scratch that. I'll have to look that up in the next break. But uh, if, if Gerard is not up this year, he's going to be up after next year. Either way, he's going to be signed long-term, I think, by this team. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So Big Z, to me, first segment here should remain an Avalanche. Uh, if he's traded, <laughs> if he's traded by Monday, I'll be hitting the delete button on this podcast for sure, probably. <laughs> but uh, no, I just that's just the best I can tell you as far as the latest uh, here on a Thursday from Bender's Barn Girl. By the way, I'm overlooking a uh, an actual hockey practice here. Uh, I think it's the Colorado Thunderbirds. The, uh, I want to say a youth team here, probably one of those private kind of teams that plays. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's a Thunderbird logo on their shirt, shirt but it's, uh, it's a bunch of young men out there. Look like high school age. And uh, they're walking through the practices. They're going through practices, and uh, so it's a hearty group of young men right here. So uh, this, is, this is great. This is what I'm watching as I talk to you guys about, the, about stuff. It's... You guys got to check out Benders. I mean, it, honestly, I want to hear from like two or three people over this next couple of days. Just just show me a picture that you went to Benders and, and see it for yourself. How awesome this place is for the hockey fan. Just do it. Send it to me on my Twitter feed at ADater. Uh, do it. Do it now. The uh, it's, it's just a fantastic place. I can't say it enough. And uh, we, we, they're a sponsor of ours, and we really value them. So come on and check it out. All right, that's going to do it for the first segment, I think. Uh, Adrian Dater here with you. I'm going to talk about some other stuff going on, uh, maybe preview. Talk a little bit more about the Jets game from my perspective, but also talk about the big weekend ahead uh, and uh, much more. So stay with us here. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast. We'll be right back.
The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. And welcome in to the BSN Avalanche podcast segment number two, coming to you from Bender's Bar and Grill here in Westminster. Denver's best hockey bar. Come on out. Poutine on the menu. Original six jerseys on the walls, Avalanche jerseys all over the place, including one game-worn jersey for Claude Lemieux hanging in the rafters here. Speaking of Claude Lemieux, I uh, saw Claude last night after the game. He uh, he was in town to see his son Brendan play against the Avalanche, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Brendan Lemieux got his uh, got a little bit of a face wash last night, probably a little more than that, actually, kind of a punch to the face from A.J. Greer, um, but that's uh, that's that's keeping in line with uh, the Lemieux tradition of being a bit of a, uh, a, a nest disturber out there, a little agitator, drew the retaliation, retaliation penalty from A.J. Greer for that, put the Jets on the power play, uh, Avs killed it off, uh, A.J. Greer was one smiling best after the game though, right? Gets his first career goal, finally, <laughs> uh, after some year, a couple years of struggle. He gets the goal, the final goal, and the, the extra point for the 7-1 win last night. Punctuate a great avalanche game. I thought they just played great. That was the best game I think they've played all year, for my money. I thought they were just a 60-minute game. You know, they played a 60-minute game, finally. They never let up. They played hard all the way through. They uh, they didn't get down. They had you know people forget that it was a scoreless game after the first period. I think the last couple months we've seen that that team get down a little bit when they don't score early and hang their head and get it scored on and kind of hang their head some more. Last night they just kept coming, man. You know, scoreless after one, they just kept coming. They worked even harder and uh, finally broke the Jets down. Uh, Connor Hellebuck made some great saves in the first period, but he he finally you know they. He just he got worn out. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't stop them all. And the, uh, once the couple went in, the Avs sort of uh, just kept piling it on. It, uh, it's impressive. They have not played like that at all for a good long time. They did against, uh, you know, that's three out of four games, though, that they've played very well. I mean, they won the first game in Winnipeg last week, the 4-1 win that sort of came out of nowhere, uh, broke, broke all kinds of hexes. They... Uh, you know, they 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 beat uh, they beat Vegas Golden Knights three uh, nothing. After that, a you know great game for them. Shutout for Varley, who has obviously we've talked about him lately. Been great, gotten his game back together, man. He's uh, he looks good, right? He looks good. He's moving laterally again. He's blocking. You know, he looks huge. He's he's looking confident. He looks uh, mean. You know, he's got that look to his face. He. I like it. I like it a lot. I think, uh, wow, you know, Farley was, to me, always going to be the key whether this team could get back in it or not. And uh, now that he's playing well, you see what happens. Goaltending kind of matters in hockey, folks. <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to change. It matters a lot. And uh, But, you know, last night's game uh, was, was attended by Claude Lemieux. Interesting little side note here before we talk more about the, the game last night and, and moving on to tomorrow. Claude Lemieux now has a partner in his agent business, and uh, that is none other than Peter Forsberg. <laughs> if you listen to the 31 Thoughts podcast, uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, absolutely fantastic podcast that they do. 
uh, they actually had Claude and Peter on at the same time talking about their new venture. Uh, Claude's been an agent now for, I don't know, four or five years, maybe, a little more. Um, but he got Peter Forsberg to join in on the on his uh, his firm, his agency firm. I guess Peter invested some money. And uh, Peter Forsberg apparently is going to do some of the, uh, the agent thing. I don't know. I, I have not talked to Peter about this. I'm trying to. It's hard. It's always hard to get a hold of Peter Forsberg. Always has, always will be. But uh, I'd like to get, get him on the podcast, actually, to talk about this. Uh, I'm pretty confident I'll get Claude to come on the pod soon to talk more about it. And I'd like to talk about that and more of uh, more some old Isle of War stories maybe with him. But, uh, yeah, Peter Forsberg could be an agent negotiating contracts against Joe Sackett. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. <laughs> How weird would that be? Uh, Claude Lemieux, by the way, has an Avalanche player as a, as a uh, client. Uh, people don't maybe realize this, but Patrick Nemeth is, is his client. And, uh, you know, Nemeth, Nemeth um, almost went to arbitration last year. They uh, they did, couldn't agree on a deal uh, until the very last minute. So, uh, um, you know, so, yeah, Claude Claude, uh, Claude has always been a hardball guy, and I'm sure he's going to teach Peter the, the finer points of negotiating deals. <laughs> but, uh Knowing Peter too, I don't think he's ever had a problem with that either. He he was a more hard-boiled guy than people realize when it came to, to contracts and money. I mean, he I don't think he was ever belligerent about it or anything, and he always got paid pretty easily because how great was he? You know, you don't want to mess with Peter. You want Peter signed and happy. So it was really never I can't ever remember anything you know bad happening contract-wise, but uh, he knew what his value was, and uh, you know he wasn't going to take anything less. You know, I don't. I don't know if he ever took a. Well, he did take a hometown discount with the Avs to play um, that last year. You know, um, what was it? The one-year, one million dollar deal that he signed, or was it two million? I can't remember. I think it's two actually. Remember that last year, the aborted comeback, two games. Uh, I have to look that up too. A lot of people. People. People can post on the comments in this pod what it actually was. I think it was two million. Pretty pretty deep discount though, right, for Peter. Uh, to play hockey, uh, so Peter Peter always knew what he you know how much he was worth though, and he's he's been a success in the business world too. Like he he was an early investor in the Crocs uh, shoe company that blew up in the um, late late nineties, early two thousands. He was uh, I I think he made more money from Crocs than he he may have made more money from Crocs than he did in his hockey career. Probably probably not, but I you know I think it was close. I think he was you know he was an early investor. And when that company blew up and went public, I mean, he got paid. Uh, and, uh, you know, that allowed him to be a, a real true mogul in the in the true sense, especially in Sweden where he, he started his own airline, for God's sakes. Uh, he started an own airline that went basically from uh, Stockholm to uh, Ornskoldsvika's hometown and uh, maybe a couple other places. But, uh, you know, Peter owned an airline. He also owned a big, big-time big golf course in Ovik. Uh, he owned a big, fat hotel in Ovik, a hotel I stayed at, by the way, when I went to see Peter. Uh, let's see, fall of 2014, I went to, to Sweden to see Peter. And um, I've written about it, so people who know read the stories probably know what I'm going to say here, but... Uh, couple memories from that trip i mean peter peter flew to sweden or uh, ovik from stockholm to see get this he flies on his own airline stayed in his own hotel um and saw the team that he partially you know had an ownership stake in moto so owned his airline owned the hotel and owned the team he saw to come in and jet in to see uh not bad right folks kids doing okay you know kid did all right for himself at number 21 from sweden uh i saw him when he was this was the reason i was there was because he was getting inducted in the hall of fame shortly thereafter and i went out there to do uh, a couple big big feature stories on him and uh uh right to the very end i was worried that he wouldn't see me somehow that some something would fall through and i you know he's notorious for, for his tough scheduling problems and whatnot but uh there he was, uh, walked into a restaurant with his daughter, Lily, in a carriage, met me for a long lunch in a swanky Stockholm restaurant. And we sat and talked about his whole career for probably two hours. 
before Lily started to nestle and wake, uh, bustle and wa- awaken, and Peter had to take her back. Uh, <laughs> so it's quite a sight, man. Um, I don't think we got a picture of that. Probably, I don't know why I didn't snap a picture of that, but that would have been a good one, right? Peter walking in a stroller with his, his little baby daughter. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, he's... Uh, he was uh, very gracious to meet me, and he uh, gave me a round and his ride around Orange Goldsvik. Uh, before the game we saw that night, he uh, he gave me a ride in his sleek, ultra cool Audi that he had. I remember it was like a spaceship in the car, and he's just tooling around Ovik, showing me where he grew up and the hockey rink he played at as a little eight-year-old, and uh, uh, you know all kinds of cool stuff that I saw. And uh, he was. He went and watched the game in his owner's box, and I watched it with his parents in the press box, and uh, or some kind of maybe it was another kind of box, but whatever. And Moto got smoked that night, seven to three to the rival Skelfty. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Might be Shifty, something like that. And he was really mad after the game. Our plans for a post-game libation and talk more sort of went out the window. He was too mad to do it. <laughs> He was too upset to talk to me. This is after just a regular season Swedish league game. That's how competitive Peter was. Uh, he cooled off a little the next day. He he went to his room. I went to my room. And we met for breakfast the next day, uh, and then talked more. He's he was he was great. And then he set me up with a nice long lunch with his brother Roger that I uh, remember. That was great too. And uh, Roger, I'm still buddies with today shout out to roger fordberg so anyway yeah how did i meander that well this is that this is gonna be one of these podcasts right guys i'm the veteran here i get to tell stories uh but uh back to tonight last night's game claude lemieux was there didn't get to talk to him because he's on the phone probably wheeling and dealing trying to make some kind of deal but uh you know the avalanche laid it to the jets last night uh probably brendan and claude weren't too thrilled by the by that result maybe but uh you know i know claude has still got a lot of fond memories of the avs of course and uh and uh loves denver so but i know he he really roots for his son too who by the way i remember his little baby being held in his arms of course the famous bus incident against the red wings happened with uh brendan in uh, in his arms i believe walking out of the bus scotty bowman accosts him says you're going to get your ass suspended lemieux steps on the bus and gets gets into it with bowman and the red wings players right on the bus but brendan lemieux was the baby in uh, claude's arms at that 1996 night well a long time ago at mcnichols arena and here he was last night playing against the avalanche uh, i mean if that doesn't make me feel old folks and claude <laughs> i think nothing will Claude's got a few gray hairs now. I noticed, uh, you know, hey, father time, man. It uh, makes everything old and white, right? Uh, so the uh, the game was itself uh, just a tremendous boost for the Avs. The fans were thrilled. I thought the building was dead to start the first period. I thought it was going to be one of those nights. Yeah, it, it, the game started at 6.30. I don't, I don't think everybody got that memo. It was pretty half-empty building when the game started. And it was like a church in there, but uh, it got louder. Library, I should say. And uh, but it got louder, obviously, as the game went on. And by the end of the game, everybody was standing on their feet, hooping and hollering. And uh, back, I know you guys are excited again. So we have an actual playoff-style game uh, last night, but we have an even bigger one Friday night. And when I come back from the break, I'm going to break that game down a little bit more. Talk about the Az big weekend. Chicago Blackhawks, Nashville Predators, stuff about them too, and the trade deadline and whatnot. Finish up the podcast from there and uh, uh, maybe tell an odd story too. Who knows? Who knows? Freelancing here from Bender's Bar and Grill, Adrian Dater. Come back after the break, break it all down for you some more. Uh, enjoy the sponsors here and our intermission, and uh, I'll be talking to you right after. BSN Avalanche Podcast. Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will find nothing but the best. 
We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Anne and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me as well as my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren, and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver. And welcome to the BSN Avalanche podcast, third segment, third and final segment here. Adrian Dater from Bender's Bar and Grill here in Westminster. Poutine on the menu, check it out. Come on out, lots of hockey, literally overlooking the entire ice sheet. Enjoy some delicious food, fine libations. Tell them Adrian sent you. All right, third and final segment. What are we going to talk about here? Well, big game Friday night, right, folks? Chicago Blackhawks. Giving up for dead. I remember a certain guy, I won't mention his name, (coughs) AJ Hayfley, (coughs) who said the Blackhawks were, quote, trash earlier in the year and said that anybody who believes that they are at all have a hope of making the playoffs is complete fool well guess what folks the chicago blackhawks are right there tied with the avalanche uh basically in the standings and a win by them tomorrow night will vault them past the avs officially in the standings put them into the wild card spot that the avs currently enjoy over chicago by one point uh so the avs are one point ahead but uh yeah uh, not tied, but pretty close, folks. This, this is a playoff game, essentially, tomorrow night, in my opinion. The uh, Blackhawks have really come on. I think they're 17-3 and three in the last 20 games. They, uh, they don't always play the best defense still. They gave up seven goals to the Ottawa Senators earlier this week. Good thing for them. They scored eight last night against the Detroit Red Wings. They gave up four goals including one with about a minute and a half left that tied the game. But the good thing for the Blackhawks is they scored five and won again. They win every single game in overtime that they play. They win absolutely every one. Jonathan Taze set up another winner last night to uh, Patrick Kane, who has been unbelievable. I think he's got 92 points. And, uh, you know, I think he's seven points back of the NHL scoring lead behind Kucherov. you know uh, that that will, he will be the highest scoring player in the game tomorrow night. So people who wrote off the Blackhawks based on uh, some early season stuff, oh, surprise! Here they are, and they're playing very well. They do have defensive problems and goaltending issues somewhat still, but boy, they're winning games, and they're going to be dangerous in their own building tomorrow night. Madhouse on Madison. Um, Obviously, Semyon Varlamov is going to get the start again. Uh, he's probably going to start most every game down the stretch. I think he'll start Saturday's game against Nashville, too. Now, we'll see. That could that could depend. If they win tomorrow, they may look at Saturday's game against Nashville as kind of a, yeah, you know, we're going to be lucky to win this no matter what. Maybe we give Varley the night off. But I don't know. You know, Varley's a pro athlete who can play every day. Um you know, and uh, you have to have to win these games. So I'm not sure they're just going to mark it off as a scheduled loss like that. I mean, nothing against Philip Grubauer, but he, uh, you know, he's not really in a, been an attractive option right now the way he's played. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, a lot depends on tomorrow night's game, but uh, I think Varley's going to play most every game down the stretch. Um, and uh, so he'll play tomorrow. I, I don't know who's going to start for the Blackhawks yet. Uh, Cam Ward's been playing. Colin Dilly has been playing. Even Corey Crawford is supposed to, you know, be healthy enough to play at some point. So I think so. Uh, you know, they've got they've got goaltending. It just hasn't always been very good. Um, 
But, man, I mean, Alex DeBrinkett's been on fire. Kane, Taze, well, even Brandon Saad's been very good. Uh, Duncan Keith seems to have gotten some of his game back together. I mean, he still plays a lot of minutes. Um, so, big, big game tomorrow. I, mean, I think the Avalanche match up well against Chicago still. Um, I think they are faster. And I think they... They, I think they have a better pure defense now. You know, I'm not saying that's a big advantage, but uh, I think it's better. Um, and I think it's going to come down to the same old things, you know, goaltending, special teams. You know, I think uh, the Avs cannot afford to, you know, give up cheap and easy power play goals to that team because that's, that's, that's how they score a lot of goals. They have a great power play in Chicago. Uh, and it's, it's up and down, actually. I mean, the numbers don't always seem it, but... They got a good power play still. I mean, Taze, Kane, Keith. I mean, those three, that triumvirate is just, you know, very tough on on the power play. They keep the control of the pucks so well. Um, I think it's going to be a fun game. I I think the Avs are uh, pumped that they're playing better. I think they're going into this game with a really good attitude. And uh, I think they love to play, you know, in Chicago itself. I think they enjoy the city. Everybody loves Chicago. And uh, I think it's always a good time for them. I think they, they usually play pretty well there. I mean, they haven't always played great there, but they usually play a pretty darn good game in Chicago. And uh, I think tomorrow's going to be no exception. So uh, it's going to be, it's gonna be to this point, the most biggest and most possibly entertaining game of the year. They, uh, they do go to Nashville the next night. Thank you, schedule maker, right? Uh, Chicago one night, Nashville the next. Not going to be easy there for sure. Going to be some intrigue, probably. Nashville Predators heavily evolved, rumored to be in on uh, either Matt Duchesne or uh, Artemi Panarin uh, or, you know, Kevin Hayes or, uh, you know, Zuccarello, some kind of forward I think they're in the market for. But the real heavy rumor that I have definitely heard and a lot of other hockey writers have heard is, is Duchesne to Nashville. Uh, the name I hear, the primary one going back would be uh, Prospect uh, Eli Toivonen, who was the first-round pick of Nashville's, uh, and then, but they think they're going to have to give up a little more than that too. So, uh, I also think, you know, a big part of that deal would be that the uh, Nashville would hope to sign him to an extension right then and there, sign and you know, sign and uh, sign and trade deal. Um, and I know for sure that Matt Duchesne would love to be in Nashville uh, for his next team long term. Like he. He really wanted to go to Nashville last time when he was on the market. Uh, turned out the Ottawa Senators had the best package for him, and we all know what that that's done for the Avs. But uh, he loves Nashville. He loves the country music guy, of course. He loves loves all that stuff. He's got country music friends. He's he plays himself in a band. He's he's a, a country dude, and he I'm sure takes a look at that Predators roster and goes hmm that would be a pretty nice place to play probably and uh, so that's my money is on Nashville to get Duchesne and that's definitely gonna <laughs> increase the the rivalry here with Nashville and make it interesting in this Central Division I mean what is it about you know Central Division where all the Avs former players all seem to just keep gathering and you know either lighting him up or, or whatever i mean first it was paul stastny he goes to the blues then winnipeg and uh so then there's that rivalry then ryan o'reilly goes well he went to buffalo but now he's come back to st louis so he's back in the division now we could have matt duchene back in the division gonna be uh gonna be interesting if that happens for sure uh, but nashville's got some prospects they can deal and they've they really want to win now. I mean, they've they've got pressure on them to win now. They've they've had a really good team for a few years now, but they haven't won the cup yet. And uh, you know, nobody's getting any younger. Uh, David Poyle, especially, he's been in the league forever, but he's still, while universally considered a very good general manager, still has not won a Stanley Cup since, despite being in the league since like the 80s. So uh, so he wants that, of course, for his legacy. And uh, Nashville's very hungry for a, a cup winner. So uh, I would not be surprised if Nashville has Duchesne uh, maybe even by the game Saturday night. I mean, that's how serious I think the teams are. <laughs> I'm not going to bet a lot of money on that, but I would, I would not be shocked if Matt Duchesne could be in the lineup Saturday night for the Nashville Predators. We will see.
I do think there are other suitors for Duchesne, and it's, there could be a team that just blows, you know, Nashville's offer out of the water, you know. I mean, you've heard Columbus being on Duchesne. You've heard the Islanders. Um, you know, I, I even heard, I mean, I don't think they're in it now, but I think Boston was in on him a little bit. Uh, I think that may have cooled some. I thought they were pretty hard on Duchesne the, uh, you know, last year on the trade thing. Uh, but uh, just didn't ever happen with Boston. Uh, so, boy, won't that be an interesting wrinkle if that happens Saturday night, eh? The Avs are going to, uh, you know, have to eat their Wheaties and get their rest and drink their water and uh, get to bed early to, to win these games. Uh, and, and they're big games. So it's going to be a fun weekend, I, I think. I hope. I hope the Avs don't just go get smoked. But if they do, let's not think it's the end of the world, folks. We've still got, you know, 18, 19 games after that. Um, it would only be a three-point deficit at the most, so that could be made up. They're going to play some of these same teams that they need to pass. So let's not all panic, but uh, it's going to they're, they're the underdogs, let's face it. And I think that goes for the game in Chicago, uh, no matter what the experts want to think. Chicago's red hot, and they've won three Stanley Cups. A lot of those guys on that team, and they know how to win. And they're, they're hungry right now, it looks like. So uh, I am not counting them out. I never did. The uh, the Avalanche will uh, will come home and play some more after that. They, uh, they've got some – I don't think there's any cupcake games ever in this league, so I'm not even going to say that. A lot of people think seem to think their schedule is, quote-unquote, softer down the stretch. I don't know if I buy that at all. <laughs> I mean, I know they got to go to Dallas twice. That's a team ahead of them. What's what's easy? What's going to be easy about that? You know, uh, I think they got to go to Vegas one more time. They got to go to places like uh, San Jose. Now they do go to Anaheim. That could be that could be their biggest gimme game. But that's still in Anaheim. I mean, even in the great years with this team, they lost to bad Anaheim teams on that on the road. I mean, you never know what's going to happen in Southern California <laughs> with uh, with a hockey team <laughs> or Vegas. But uh, the Avs the had some great teams in the 90s and, and, and stunk it up in some of those warm-weather locales. Uh, so, so nothing's easy in this league. But uh, I think the Avs have gotten scared a little bit, scared straight, and now they're playing better hockey. And, you know, they've come through the, the valley, the valley the valley of death almost for two months. Now they're back to being a, you know, a team on the rise again, maybe, Get back, getting back to those peaks. So this is fun, folks. This is going to be fun. And uh, let's all watch it, enjoy it this weekend. Uh, we'll follow along with BSN Denver's coverage. We will uh, we'll be double teaming those games for sure, me and AJ. Uh, and uh, uh, give our utmost to give you the best coverage in town. I want to, God, I want to give a plug to uh, one of our stories on the site today, Andy DeRue, who's uh, a young lady who really uh, wrote a, just a brilliant story on our site today, our lead story about kind of how the Avalanche uh, breaking down how the Avs really did go bad for those two months there, and uh, uh, you know, really getting into the numbers of what 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 went wrong, all kinds of charts, amazing analysis by Andy. So uh, check that out on our site; it's really good. Uh, it's like a 35-minute read. I mean, I'm serious here. So <laughs> maybe not quite that long, but it's pretty long. And uh, but it's so much information in there. Andy's, uh, you know, Andy's one of those brilliant math people that I could never be and I, I learned a lot from reading the story that's for sure you know it comes down to a lot of the same things bad penalties can't score on the power play right but you know it's all different you know that's the outer shell then Andy goes in beneath the shell cracks it open and gets into what's uh, really into the nuts the guts of all that the problems and and the solutions too so it's great stuff there uh uh, AJ wrote a story on uh, Tyson Jones last night that was good good read uh, I've got my my stories from last week still up and up and running the Kale McCarr feature I hope everybody read uh, a couple notes on that yeah I went to UMass and saw Kale uh, the uh, the trip was uh, started out with good weather we drove from New Hampshire to UMass Amherst Mast uh, ended up in a blizzard there that hit right when I was there uh, probably almost a foot of snow was coming down by the time I had to drive back to New Hampshire uh, 100 miles never went over 35 the way maybe went hit 40 once or twice not not any more than that though um, drove all the way up I-91 uh, to uh, back to New Hampshire a little bit of a scary drive but uh, the big big redhead here got through it 
Hope you enjoyed that Kale McCarr story. Uh, I really think the kid's going to be special. He's uh, He's got a great head on his shoulders for sure. Very deferential, polite guy. Classic hockey guy. Manners, politeness. Uh, modest, you know, deferential to the team. You know, I think he's a little embarrassed talking about himself like that. You know, we all want to come to UMass and do our Kale McCarr stories. And the rest of the team kind of gets shunted off. You know, I'm standing around. The team comes off the ice and, you know, they're like, who's this? Who's this guy? You know, who's this uh, reporter? And it's like, yeah, okay. He's, you know, do you, you want to talk to me? You know, <laughs> I always feel bad when guys walk right by me. And I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to talk to Kale McCarr. Um, but uh, Kale is Kale is all about the team, and uh, you know, they're having a great year. They're they're number two ranked in the country, and uh, first time in let's see, 11 years they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. The uh, They've never had a even close to a national title, so uh, I know Kale wants to do that on his, his way out. He hasn't officially announced he's coming out, but uh, he'll be out after this year, folks. Trust me, he'll be uh, the Avalanche property within a couple months, I would say. And uh, yeah, he's got a good player coming, man. <laughs> he's good. He's good. He's fast, and he's 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 skilled. I mean, all I can say is a man is fast. And he plays fast. He's just it's not just that he skates fast, but he handles the puck fast, he makes decisions fast. He can play fast. Then that's that's a difference, right? You know, he, a lot of guys can blaze on the skates, but they don't have the mitts to, to keep up. He, this guy does. He's gonna have some growing pains, I'm sure. You know, you can't just come into this league as a defenseman and dominate at age at any age. But uh, you know, 20, 20 years old, whatever he is, uh, he's not gonna come over overnight. But he's he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be a good player, man. So, and uh, we all know that the Ottawa pick is looking good, right, folks? I mean, don't want to jinx it here. So I'm not gonna say much more. But you know, it's looking good with that Ottawa pick. I mean, the Ottawa Senators keep losing. Uh, they 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 they're still better than I thought they'd be. But uh, you know, they are they are in last place. They're 31st, and uh, I think there's about four points separating them and the next team. So I think the LA Kings might be the biggest worry uh, about that pick. You know, I would say if you're an Avs fan, really cheer for the Kings somehow. Uh, the next last 20 games, I know Avs fans don't like the Kings much, but. Uh, if you really want to up your odds of getting Jack Hughes, you know, root for the LA Kings to win more games than not down the stretch. So, anywho, all right, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. This has been a fun solo podcast. Time went by fast. I hope it did for you as well, folks. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, listening. Um, I am uh, uh, going to get back to the homestead here, maybe order some takeout from uh, Benders, bring back to the 15-year-old kid who... He's like a truck, Tommy Dater, 15 years old, just got his driver's permit. Uh, I'm a little bit in shock over that still. I'm even more in shock that the kid is getting close to as tall as I am. And I'm 6'6". Six, six. He's probably 6'4 now, and he's at 15. So the kid's scary. Um, he's, he's a man-child. He's, uh, yeah. Uh, you know he's he's he doesn't uh, he doesn't play the game unfortunately I've tried to get him into it but he's uh, he's more of a more of an observer than an athlete right now I guess but uh, what are you gonna do right he's got his other interests so uh, folks been <coughs> oh, excuse me <coughs> excuse me folks old man cough there uh, I want to thank you for listening gonna wrap it up here before I choke to death. Uh, this has been a BSN Avalanche podcast on a Thursday. I think the show's appearing on a Friday. Enjoy the weekend, folks. Uh, don't panic if the Avs lose both games. And don't go over the moon either if they win both, all right? They're still going to be only three or four points up if they win both games. So steady as she goes. Steady wins the race in hockey, I think. And uh, just have fun out there. Be safe. And uh, I will talk to you soon. This has been Adrian Dater for the BSN Avalanche podcast.